Hello and welcome to this episode of A Big Mouthful. My name is Simon Pearson and I have the absolute pleasure of being the chair of the LGBT Plus Network for Cumbria, Northumberland, Tarnawir NHS Foundation Trust. It's important for me to state quite clearly right now that all opinions expressed in these podcasts are most definitely my own. I just want to start off by saying that I'm really sorry that my voice is a bit croaky. Hopefully it won't get in the way of the podcast. For those of you that have been listening, you will have heard us talk about how to manage our own mental health during COVID and all the restrictions that we're being faced with. I think it's fair to say that a lot of us didn't expect to be living through continued restrictions as we are doing at the moment. And I think because of that reason, it's worthwhile revisiting some of the techniques that we've talked about in previous podcasts. But add to that some more techniques that we can look at to help manage ourselves even more so at the moment. It is a very difficult and it is a very trying time for a lot of us. And although these podcasts are aimed for us LGBT plus folks, I think it's important to say that a lot of the techniques and strategies that we discuss here are absolutely usable by everyone. So I hope that a lot of people are listening in that aren't LGBT plus are getting a lot of information and advice on how to manage our own mental health. I'm afraid I don't have a guest joining us today to discuss this issue, so I'm afraid it's just me that you're going to have to listen to. I hope that won't be too unbearable for you. So here we go, extending on some of those techniques to look after our mental health. Statistically speaking, us queer people are more likely to experience poor mental health than heterosexuals. Evidence suggests that we are at higher risk of experiencing depression, suicidal thoughts, self-harm, alcohol and substance misuse. And reasons for this is that there are a range of factors that contribute to the mental ill health of LGBT plus people. Certain groups of us within queer society, such as trans and non-binary people, young LGBT plus people, and people who are black, Asian, or an ethnic minority are at greater risk of experiencing hate crime, discrimination, isolation, transphobia, biphobia, homophobia, domestic violence, homelessness, bullying, familial rejection, abuse, and public attitudes play a huge part in how we feel and see ourselves. Heteronormative assumptions as well as experiences and or fears of discrimination can prevent some of us from accessing mainstream services. So what can we do and what should we be doing to help ourselves? I think first and foremost what we need to do is to be able to talk to someone about how we feel. And I I say this all the time to people that I talk to, talking is not a sign of weakness. It is the opposite. It is putting you in charge of your own well-being. Being listened to can help you feel supported and that someone cares for you. Keeping active is another important aspect that we need to address. Exercise releases chemicals that make us feel good. It can also boost our self-esteem and it can help our concentration and help us sleep better and therefore feel better. Exercise doesn't mean going to the gym. It can be going for gentle walks or hikes. It can be gardening, doing the housework. All that counts as exercise. 
and experts say that we should do about 30 minutes of exercise five times a week. Make it something you enjoy. Make it fun. Don't make it a chore. Something else that we need to look at is our eating. Try healthy eating. I mean, it's a fact that our brains need a variety of nutrients to keep us healthy and to function to the best of our ability, just like the rest of our bodies. A healthy, balanced diet includes plenty of different types of fruit and veg, whole grains, whether in breads or cereals, nuts and seeds, dairy products, oily fish, water, and it is best to eat at least three meals a day and to drink plenty of water. And it's best to stay clear of too much caffeine or sugary drinks as well. And if possible, try to avoid alcohol. All of those, I mean, the alcohol and the caffeine and the sugary, sugary drinks do affect our mood and they can make us feel quite dysphoric, quite anxious and quite jittery most of the time, especially if we have too much of them. And drinking responsibly is really, really important. And we've been off, we often drink to change the way that we feel. I mean, how often have people reached for the bottle just because they've had a stressful day or they're feeling really fed up about something or they just feel, oh, I can't be bothered with this anymore. And some people do drink to manage those fears, anxieties and loneliness. Remember, the effect of this change is only temporary. Usually, when the drink wears off, we often feel worse, and that's because the alcohol withdrawal effects on our brain and the rest of our body is just too much. And too much alcohol also damages our body and its organs. We end up needing more and more alcohol each time to feel the same short-term boost. How many of us out there have actually thought, well, I've had two drinks tonight and that's not really doing anything for me. I need a third. And then before we need a fourth. And then a fifth and then a sixth, and so it goes on. It's important to stay within the recommended units a week, and don't have them all at once. Spread them out over the week. Just don't think, well, I'm going to get drunk tonight, and I'll be fine for the rest of the week. It doesn't quite work that way. So many people also smoke or use drugs or other substances habitually or recreationally to change how they feel. And just like alcohol, the more you use, the more you will need. It won't solve your problems, you just think that it will. And for that couple of hours, it does. It takes you out of that space that you're trying to get away from. But as soon as it wears off, you slap bang right in the middle of it. But because you've got that hangover feeling or you've got the come down feeling, it just magnifies it and makes it feel 10 times worse. So you reach for more, but then you need more to be able to get yourself out of that place. Keeping in touch with people is also really, really important. People you care about and who care about you can really help you with life stresses. They can make you feel included, valued and wanted. They can help you talk about what is going on in your head and give different perspectives about what is actually going on. They can help keep you active, grounded and help you solve problems. If you can't meet up with people, give them a call, text them, message them or FaceTime them. And it's it's difficult, isn't it? You you think, oh, well, I haven't spoken to them for a few days now. They're not going to want to hear from me. They'll think, oh, I just want something because I ring them. They may be feeling exactly the same thing. They may be thinking, I wish they'd get in touch with me. I could do with having a chat with them. 
So just be bold, make that first move, send them a text, say, hi, let's have a chat. You'll be surprised. So make sure you keep your communication channels open, even if it is just to say a quick hi or to let people know that you're there. If you think being around someone is damaging for your mental health, you might want to think about taking a break from them. Some people might even think, well, that's it. I just need to completely get away from you. It is possible for relationships to come to an end that makes you both feel okay. And a lot of people are afraid of doing that. Sometimes we just hang on to relationships because if we don't have that relationship, even though it's damaging to us, we'll have nothing. But believe me, sometimes it's better to not be in that relationship than to be in a toxic, damaging relationship. It can also be difficult coping when someone close to you dies. It can be difficult coping when somebody that you are a fan of dies. It can equally be difficult to cope when a pet of yours dies. A pet is so important to our lives. You've looked after them, they've needed you, they've depended on you, you've depended on them. And when they're gone, it's still just as devastating. Don't underestimate that and don't let anybody try to say, oh, it's just a dog, get over it. No, it's important. Counselling for this loss can be helpful and it can help you explore your feelings. One of the um, services that I think is worthwhile using is Cruise and you could, they've got a national helpline number, you can Google them. They've got a long waiting list at the moment, but it's certainly worth giving them a call to have a chat. And please ask for help. We can all feel overwhelmed by our emotions when things go wrong. And if we feel that we're not coping, talk to somebody and ask for help. If you're up for it, you could join a support group. Check out the local LGBT plus press for some counselling. Check out um, our Trust the CNTW LGBT website page. Um, There's a lot of resources there and a lot of self-help guides that you'll be able to access as well. It's worthwhile looking looking at. And if you've incurred a lot of debt through overspending or you haven't got the money to pay for your bills, get in touch with your local Citizens Advice Bureau for advice on how to manage your debt. They're very good at being able to provide you with that information they will be able to guide you as to how to manage that and what letters to write to who and what you can offer to pay, etc. So give them a call as well. If your feelings are stopping you from getting on with life or if they're having a bad impact on those around you or if they are really affecting your mood over a long period, you must go and see your GP. Your GP can guide you, maybe suggest a form of treatment or suggest some talking helps and they will point you in the right direction as to where to go to seek that help for yourself. Taking a break is really really important as well. It's important to give your mind something different to experience. Taking a break can be going for a walk, taking a break from chores, a lunch break away from your desk if you're working, a day at the beach or a weekend away somewhere. Breaks can mean being at a boot camp or not doing much at all. Breaks can be relaxation, yoga or mindfulness or just simply putting your feet up and having a Netflix day. 
Listen to your body. If you're tired, make sure you get an early night. If we do not get good sleep, our mental health will suffer. Our concentration becomes poor. We can become irritable with ourselves and with others, which will make us feel crap and make us just feel worthless. Sometimes we need to put things on hold and just take a break. Something really positive to do for ourselves as well is to lose ourselves. So what do I mean by that? Well, what do you really enjoy doing? What did you used to like in the past? What floats your boat? Doing things that we really enjoy reduces stress. And doing something we enjoy often means we are good at it or getting better at it. That sense of achieving something makes us feel good and boosts our self-confidence. Concentrating on something we really are enjoying takes the mind away from our worries and then changes our mood. And it can help us express ourselves creatively or if it's in a group activity, it might help us meet new people. Over this lockdown period, I've actually become really, really fixed on hiking. I absolutely love it. I can't wait for the weekends to come when I'm not working and get out there in the rain, get nice and muddy and go hiking. I started off by doing short hikes for about a mile or so. And last weekend, I was so chuffed with myself because I did a 14k hike, which was just spectacular. Just loved it out in the countryside getting rid of the stress that was in my stress bucket and just being able to cope with the week ahead of me. So start off small, do things gradually, build up and do it, but you've got to enjoy it. You've got to look forward to wanting it as well. That's really key. Accepting ourselves is really, really important as well. We can often fall into the trap of wishing we were like someone else or looked like someone else or had the style of someone else. We are all different. We are all unique. You know, switch off Facebook, switch off Instagram, switch off those social media stuff. Don't look at them as much. Don't judge yourself. Don't think I need to be like that person or I'm really, God, I wish my life was like that. What you're seeing is only a snapshot of a second of a photograph. It's not what's happening in their lives. It's not reality. It's much better and healthier to be exceptional than to wish you were someone else. Feeling good about who we are increases our self-confidence and helps us develop ourselves like learning new skills, visiting new places and making new friends. If we feel good about ourselves, we will feel more resilient and be able to manage when life takes a difficult corner. We need to be proud of ourselves and you've heard me bang on in loads of different ways across the podcast today talking about self-compassion and being present with ourselves and that's what we're talking about here as well. When we talk about being present with ourselves it's about being aware of what we're doing. Sometimes when we're busy walking or busy doing things we can just let our thoughts focus on all the crap and all the negativity that's going on around us. Being present is a bit like being mindful. So when I'm out walking, for example, I will be listening to the birds. I'll be listening to the wind in the trees. I'll be listening to the water of the sea or the river. And I'll be taking in the smells of the leaves, of the grass, 
of the farms or anything that surround me. So it's being present, it's being aware, it's being, it's noticing all those things around us. We've got five senses, use them. We can see things, we can hear things, we can touch things, we can smell things, and we can taste things. Being present is using all of those senses to actually focus on them and not letting our minds get drawn to all that negative stuff. One thing that we can do is rather than focus on what we are not good at and wish we were able to do, but focus on what we are good at and what we do well at and what we're getting even better at. I always say to people, look at the positives that you've achieved every day. Think Before you go to bed every night, think of three or four positive things that you've achieved during that day. They don't have to be massive. It's just an achievement that you've done that's going to make you feel good for yourself. And the more we do that, the more we will see that glass as half full rather than half empty. And every day we're just trying to top it up a little bit more for ourselves. But we should never set our expectations of ourselves too high. If you've been sitting on the couch for a long time with no activity, don't expect yourself to go for a 14k hike. Start off slow, go for a walk around the block, then go for a walk around the park, then aim to walk a little bit further and eventually build up your stamina to be able to do more. And the more you see yourself being able to do that, the more willing you'll be to go and try a little bit further the next day. So work out what it is you feel you want to change but make it realistic and do it in small steps. I think one of the final tips that I've got for you, which is really vitally important when we're thinking about our mental health, is thinking and caring for others. Caring for others helps, helps us feel valued and seeing how we can help people can give us a warm, fuzzy feeling inside. It can also bring people close together as well. Caring for other people or a pet can really help our well-being. It can help us create structure to our day and give us a purpose and help towards creating a feeling of responsibility for someone or someone other than ourselves. And it can also help us from becoming insular and isolated. So there's a lot there to digest, a lot there to think on, and I think... Take it slowly, think about those issues, expand on them, elaborate on them, find something that you want to do, find something that you feel that you can enjoy and start doing it for yourselves and keep in touch. If you're feeling that you're becoming overwhelmed by the way that your mood is or the way that you're responding to things, go and talk to your GP, that's what they're there for. They listen to you and hopefully point you in the right direction. Okay, so there we are, another session over with. I hope that was very, very useful. And as always, your feedback is really, really important. It would be great to hear from anyone saying what they feel about what they've heard on the podcast. And I also would love to hear from people with ideas and suggestions of what they would like to hear on future podcasts. Or if you want to be involved in a podcast, if you'd like to have some space to be able to talk about something that you feel is really important and you think would be beneficial to other people, just drop me a line. The email address is 
on the website and it's also in what's called the show notes on the blurb about the podcast but it's a big mouthful one at gmail.com and that's a number one the numeral one so a big mouthful one at gmail.com drop us a line tell us what you think send in any questions send in any thoughts and if you've got any ideas about what you'd like to hear or if you want to be part of it in the meantime please look after yourselves be kind to yourself and stay safe bye bye